everybody, I'm Steve Huffman. I'm one of the pastors at the Vineyard Church, and I am coming to you on the Team Vineyard podcast where we try to love Jesus, grow together, and give back. And I am here with my wife, Anne. Hello. We're, we're doing a podcast together in our house. Oh, That's that was... convenient, isn't it, since we both live here and it's the only people that can be here. So, so if you have random noises pop up in the background... Uh, that's because we're in our house. We have a dog and two boys in the house as well, but uh, it should be uh, relatively okay. So we are talking about today, the topic we were giving is living in the present. That would be the now. Living in the now. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but this podcast is not all about uh, the COVID-19 thing. It's really... Uh, when I got the topic, uh, it's really applicable to any season of life. Right. Yeah. I'm just in agreement. <laughs> We've never done a podcast before together, so <clears throat> this is a quite a new experience. And my wife... It's live brought, and untested. It is sort of untested. And you brought an <laughs> Oreo. This is, part of my, this is part of my demonstration that I live being prepared. And because I'm prepared, I am less likely to be shaken. I've so, been, so she brought two Oreos. I have two Oreos. I have a Bible. I have three notepads, a pen, some water, just in case. She is way more... I have two sheets of paper. See, but when I go on a cruise ship and it's stranded in the ocean, my family will... And, and we're stuck in a tiny little cell for months on end. I will so have a true. deck of cards. I will have my Bible, a journal. I will have some snacks. And then I guess I would have my phone for music and... We would serve if Anne was, if Anne was packing for any vacation where we got stuck. We would survive. Beyond that, we just fast because I know we can last at least forty days because <laughs> that's what Jesus did. So living in the uh, in the present, I have a couple of thoughts, and then I, I know Anne's got some. Uh, when I when I first got that, uh, I thought we could live in three places. Right, we can live in the past, we can live in the future, or we can uh, live in the pre- live in the now, live in the present. And so I want to talk maybe for a couple of minutes about living in the past. I know I've done that way too many times. I did it for way too long, probably longer than he did. Yeah. So uh, another way to think about this is, uh, uh, I just read this recently. Uh, The things that got you through the last season are not the same things to get you through this season. And uh, all throughout scripture, we see, as an example in the New Testament, the Pharisees, knew the the rules of the old season. But when Jesus came, the very thing that they had been praying for forever, the very thing that they desired most of of all was in front of them. The Pharisees lived in the past and they missed it. And so they kept hanging on to something that they, and it blinded them from seeing the new thing that God was doing. So this is one of the beautiful things about prayer that we can, we, you know, Jesus said, uh, thy pray, thy will be done. Well, we could just pray, thy will be done, and check out. But God invites us to ask him, show me what you're doing. Yeah. Show me what you will doing. And especially in this season, God is pressing me to, I have lots of notes, you know, of pictures God's given me or words or things. And he said, and I, I waited sometimes years for them to come to pass. But what I really didn't think of is, did I ask enough questions about that? 
Did I go deep enough with God to ask questions? Could I have known more? That I would even have more reassurance and be prepared. God's inviting us to conversation in prayer, and especially now, I think that's important. Yeah, so so uh, living in the past, um, I, I think there's a risk. I mean, the obvious risk is if God's doing a new thing in today's season, no matter when you're listening to this podcast, if you just live in the past, you're just going to miss it. And you'll be, I don't know if this is completely, you're, you'll be aggravated. The Pharisees were aggravated. I mean, they were just mad because they thought the old rules, we should follow the old rules. We should just do the old thing. And God was doing a new thing and it just frustrated. So if you're living in the past, you're just going to end up frustrated. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because there are ways in, there are ways in us that we've become very accustomed to and we can cope with and we can comfort with Oreos or whatever it is, Netflix. Right. Those things aren't working right now. And that's... that's or they work for a really short period of time. At yeah. Some and point then some tired. tension point comes like, I lose my job or right. my kids go AWOL. And now I feel the stress and anxiety where, where's my rock? Am I standing on them or what, what am I standing on? Right. So those weak places are becoming evident. And God's just keeps saying, look up, look up, look up. Yeah, live in the present. Because he is doing it uh, in this season. I see also, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but I just see all sorts of room for opportunity in mm-hmm. families, in individuals. I know some people who are listening to this are single. There's just a ton of opportunity, even though it might seem things are crumbling. But the key is is to live in, uh, live in the now. The other mm-hmm. place we can live is to live in the future. Uh, and it's a little different to think this way, but it's the way I, I picture this in my mind. I've got a, a t- sort of a today account and then a biblical account is where you're f- you're fixated on what things could be in the future. And you're just completely focused so much on the future. You're not even looking at opportunities in front of you right now. Yes. The, the biblical account of this I had written down, uh, Matthew 19 the rich young ruler comes to, he knows who Jesus is, but he asks, what must I do to have eternal life? He's thinking about the future and Jesus invites him essentially to the now. Well, go sell everything right now. Live in the now, follow me. And he doesn't do it. He's so fixated on, oh, I got to do this for the future. And so we can live there, which is not a great thing. Thoughts on that? Well, a few different thoughts about that, I guess. The rich... When that man is confronted with Jesus, did he stop in the now right. to ask himself, who is this man? Right. What is my opportunity right now? Yep. That's it. I mean, if he stopped at that point, what is my opportunity right now? And he dwelled. Like that was an opportunity right there to dwell with the Lord. <laughs> yeah. To dwell, to stop. That's a good point. To just stop. And see, there was an invitation at hand, but because he couldn't stop his mental processes of, but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? And this is the way I've done it. And what what could, well, and the way he always knew, well, it worked in the past. Look at the fruit of what I've been doing. How could I give that up? Well, Jesus looked at him in the eye and said, sell it all. Yeah. How often do we question God? Yeah. How often do we overthink what he's saying before we get, I think of times God has said to me, like, will you give everything up? And I start to think, well, what is that? Yeah. What does that look like? And he has asked me in prayer, he's given me something specific. Would you just give this up? And it, 
at first I thought, well, what do you mean? Like, and I started to think about what that would cost me, what that would feel like. But there's something important that God knows the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. We hear about something he might do in the beginning, like Sarai and Abraham. You're going to have a child. And she laughs. (laughs) Really? I'm I'm seeing myself right now, God, and I am old. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't realize what it's going to feel like later when it happens. We We don't understand that by the time God brings something to pass, it's usually so peaceful and so clear and so evident that that's what we're going to do, that it's best just to say, okay, Lord, I trust you. When the time comes, my yes is yes, because you're God. Yeah. And, and places that I've gotten mixed up on this is where I've I've prayed and thought, oh, God's going to do something. And I've lived out too far ahead. Like I've st- Instead of what's God doing right now, is there a small step that I can look at? Is there opportunities that God's presenting itself, but might not be the final thing, but it's the small thing in in front of us. You're really good at that. See, I'm the master of impatience. Yeah. This is where I live sometimes, in the mall of opportunity. (laughs) I call it. In the mall? (laughs) You've never used that, but I Because it is the section. I can see this and that and this and that, and this is what I think could happen, and that's so good. And like, I can see the whole kingdom coming in my head. And then I'm looking at, this is all we're doing today? Like, really? And now I'm frustrated. <laughs> I'm frustrated about the good things that could happen that are not. And so it's like the, the verse came to me, hope deferred makes the heart sick. sick. Yeah. And I have lived in that place. So some of you may be in your families yeah. or in your workplace, you've lived with hope deferred. When is that going to happen? But Steve is a good master of, I'm planting this seed today. I'm planting this seed today. And pretty soon, many seeds become a garden yep. that becomes very evident. But, you know, we put the seeds in, but God waters, and other people may water. And eventually, it's God who brings the birth. It's God who times when those flowers come up, and yep. he has a display. He has a display waiting to make itself evident right now. And I believe it's in the hearts of his people. He has a display coming as we are sheltered with him like seeds in the ground that he is watering continually, there is going to be a blossoming that is so alive and different and unique that it's going to blow the minds of the world. Yeah, I I agree with that too. The the challenge in the midst of that is to live in the present because we don't know when the, the, like I'm not a good future teller person. Yeah, I don't know when the thing's going to, fully bloom and blossom. Mm -hmm. But if we can live in the present, we get less frustrated and we actually see God. I see God moving more when I look at the present than when I start looking way too far out in front of me. Yes, you can do that too. (laughs) (laughs) So a good example is like we're gardening. I I mean, we're gardening yesterday or as I'm, when I'm doing things, I often you know, I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing. But then God says, look at that. Look yeah. what I'm doing in that. Yeah. And so, yeah, there are both things. But then he also say, isn't this amazing? Look at the things I can do. And that builds faith in me. So I can have faith in the now to see what he is doing. Like, look yeah. at the abundance of these flowers that multiplied in this spot in my yard that I have to transplant. Look at how he's multiplying. Yeah. God, you're a multiplier. Thank you that you're a multiplier, that no matter what lack I might see evident right now in some area, I see that you're multiplying and you've pointed this out to me that you're a God who multiplies. So I acknowledge that in you yeah. in my present day and I'm going to put my faith That's in good. you as the multiplier. That's good.
the the living in the present. So we've we've pounded on this a couple of times already, but when we live in the present, we're able to engage in the best God has for us in the moment, regardless of the season. Yep. Because if God's always at work, if his kingdom is at hand, things that Jesus said he taught mm-hmm. on, then we should be able, when we engage in the presence to present to see those things. A, a great example, Matthew 4.22, uh, Jesus was by the Sea of Galilee and, and uh, he notices uh, two brothers, Simon and Peter, who had a job, had resources, family was in the boat, and Jesus says, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And they, because they were living in the present, they saw the opportunity of what was happening, they went with Jesus, left the nets, left the boat, left the dad, and uh, it, it's just a good example of living in the present. Note, I mean, obviously Jesus was there. It was hard to miss him, but they could have said no. They didn't. I mean, they. I don't, we don't know what they knew about Jesus at right? the time. But here's what comes out for me when you say that is this fact. God calls simple people. Yeah. He calls simple people. And some of us, I mean, the Pharisees were super learned. They had studied all the scriptures. And I think, you know, these family, Peter and they They'd grown up in households of faith. Right. They had simple families, but they weren't the highly educated. They weren't called to everyday preach. So they just, they had where they were simple people. Yeah. They threw the line in, they waited, they caught fish. So they were, I think the lesson for me is help me to be simple, Lord. Oh, that's so good. Help me to be simple. How do you do that? Choosing to dwell in the moment with God. For me, it's been in learning to abide like John when he leaned his head on the chest of Jesus at the Last Supper. He knew how to hang out with Jesus and enjoy the moment. And I believe that's what God is speaking to us right now, that as we lean on him, not just for our strength, not just, I got to lean on you, I got to lean on you because I'm scared. It's not that. We don't run to God. That We may run to him like that, but that's not really successful abiding. Abiding comes when we recognize him as Lord, mm-hmm. as friend, as master, as creator, as all of these things he is. And then also feeling that security that he loves us. He loved us first and he welcomes us to himself to rest upon him. Yeah. And then we just start to be calm and he brings our mind in alignment with his mind in that place. Yeah. Or he shows us what we're wrestling with, the things that bubble up. But he's there as our security so we can face them, yield them over, and get rid of them. Yeah. Such as, you know, anxiety, a fear, a worry, lack. Yeah. So as, as we talk about living in the present and um, instead of living in the past or living in the future, uh, can we share some, I've got three, but there might be more maybe some practical ways to live in the present for people who are listening. Like um, in this season that we're in now, uh, many of us are whatever sheltered in our homes or uh, have limited travel. I've talked to some people who have lost their jobs Mm -hmm. and I just have this burning sense in me that uh, I don't want to get on the other side of this. Whenever, whenever the governor of whoever says, Oh, we can go out and do whatever. I don't want to look back and go, 
boy, I wish I would have done something different during that time when we had time, when our families were together, when I was home alone Mm -hmm. and I could have been hanging out with God. Like there's just this burning sense. And so um, my first practical way to live in the present is look for the opportunity in front of you right now. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. the situation. You could be out of a job, but what opportunity do you have? It could be just time with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I loved this morning is I was in my bathrobe and I don't know, it might have been at 1030. I was still in my bathrobe. And I thought, what do I have to do, Lord? How long can I sit here? I really didn't have to do anything. Like, I wasn't being forced to do anything. We had this to do. I don't have to do it. Like, I felt like I have this permission for God to lead my schedule. Yeah. And he's given us this divine pause of, hey, what's really what are you really made to do? And I've been doing things I don't normally give myself the permission to do. And I've just enjoyed my kids. Yeah. They're separated from their friends in some ways. I mean, they're still connecting. But there's just a release, like the hope deferred. Like, it's not, when can we do something? When are we going to do this? When yep. are we going to do it? Like, we're not. <laughs> so it's so much ended these conversations that I hated. Like, well, when are we going to go here? When are we going to do I'm like, we're just not. Yeah. And so we're learning to be content. You know, uh, Paul says, godliness with contentment is great gain. And I think that's the verse that's been coming to me as far as living in the present. Godliness with contentment. Yeah, that's so good. I'm content today. What have I wanted to do with my family? Yeah. What conversations have I wanted to have? What have I missed? And can we do that right now? Yeah, I've had great conversations with uh, our youngest son, Jack over the last two weeks, uh, I think deeper than uh, I've had in a long time. It's just, you know, game night is fun, but that that only lasts so long, right? And I think we're able to see the opportunity of better conversations. The the other thing, while you were in your bathrobe this morning, I dropped off a card, a birthday card for our oldest son who lives in Lafayette. And then I took the opportunity to just drop, I think I was gone for an hour, hour and a half, and I drove and just said, God, who do you want me to talk to? And I called people that I wouldn't normally call. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't even, they don't even go to the church, but just mm-hmm. I think God wanted me to reach. And I had great conversations in the car with people who I don't talk to very often. Yeah. And, and as we're processing through, I had a call with a friend on Sunday morning, and we were talking about what's happening in our families, a certain situation we wanted to discern together in prayer. But I learned something like, about what God was doing in her family, and she was learning something about what how I was reacting to something. So we yeah. had we're learning from one another, and I I love how God has called us to go deeper with each other personally, yep. rather than to sit in one space and not actually speak to one another. Yeah, that's you know, good. we're really we're hungering for what intimacy is. Like, I, if I have a friend, I should talk to my friend. Um, it's and just removing the shallowness. Phone. Yeah, of and they friendship. pick up their phones now. Yeah, we cool. really are, and those are one-on-one conversations, right. and they're not just because I have to show up. Like a class, you show up, you may have a few conversations, but it's different than who God puts on your heart and you intentionally call because they're yeah. they're on your mind, and He wants well, to connect you. And I've gotten half as many text messages than I've received in the past, and I've gotten way more phone calls. It's been. So mm-hmm. there's opportunities. Second, yeah, it's good. So a second thing I had is reset your schedule. So some of some of you who might be listening to this, uh, your schedule's been reset by force. 
you've lost your job, you're now staying at home working instead of going in. So the schedules are reset. That's an opportunity. Like uh, I talked to somebody, uh, they don't go to the church, but talked to somebody today in the last three weeks, they have been at home working in their kitchen and they've had the opportunity to listen to different messages and talk to God in unique ways because they've had time in different space. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. I don't want to ignore the fact there, there are people who are busier than ever. Like if I think about like for me, the luxury is sitting there. We're homeschoolers. Um, my routine essentially was already established before this happened. Um, we, life hasn't changed hugely inside our household in a lot of ways. Um, except, you know, our classes have shifted to online and different things have happened. However, but, but I realize that there are different challenges for different people. Um, some people have to rush into, I'm always in the hot spot, but we all have an opportunity to blossom in some way, to be steadfast and to believe God in every moment. So it's different for every person. And if you're one of those people just crazy in the craziness of the cycle, call someone and just say, I just need prayer right now. And, and, you know, let the body parts come together because we are able and we can learn from what are you going through out there? Yeah. Tell me what your struggle is today and I'll war for you in prayer. I will support you. What do you need? Is your family hungry? Um, it, it, you know, what's going on that you need? So we each have something to offer in this time and something that we need from each other. Yeah, the, uh, that's really good. Uh, the last practical tip I had, it's probably not worded right. And as I was thinking about it and reading it on the little sheet I have in front of me, uh, I've talked to uh, a number of folks uh, who feel like at this season, because their schedule was forced to, to be different, they're stuck because they're used to someone telling them, mm-hmm. do this, do this. And so uh, I, what comes to mind is, and it might not be worded right, but check who you follow. Like, are you the Proverbs fifteen twenty two? Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. You should have advisors and reach out to people and and ask for prayer and whatnot. But uh, in this season, God is God is a great leader. Yeah. Don't miss an opportunity to sit with Him. You said earlier and abide with Him. Yeah. And if He prompts you to, hey, you know what, read lamentations, then do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, believe God speaks to you individually. I think this is, that's a very tiny understatement of yeah. what, the other the, the other day I was praying, I where you said, we have been dependent on many voices that we follow. We have been dependent on leaders of the church to discern which way we're going. And, We've, we've been in under someone to some particular degree. And as we're now in our households, I mean, we've been asking ourselves, who are we? Like, what defines our family? What do we love? What's important to us individually that makes us unique? And when we come into one mass of a larger people, God wants all that uniqueness to shine. Yeah. But sometimes we've surrendered that to other people's agendas. Like, whatever, I'm just going to follow that person. And we've resigned. So... One of the words I think it's important is ownership. Like yeah. God has made us uniquely and he likes us. He well, likes and, us the way we are. And if we can live in the present in a family and understand, I think God is restoring headship within the family to mm-hmm. fathers, to people in the home. And I think even with individuals who are who are single and at home, 
I think there's this new understanding of I have to take responsibility for and fill in the blank, whether mm-hmm. it's your schedule, whether it's yeah. your Bible time, whether it's what, there's just this new ownership mm-hmm. that's, uh, and maybe that's a better way to put it, like mm-hmm. take ownership of yeah. your faith at this time. So it's so important. Yeah, especially with school parents too. I mean, we've been used to, I have been a homeschooler for a long time, but also have one son who's gone to public high school and Christian school. And, and I noted, what are the differences when he yeah. went? What did I lose? What in my heart changed? And it was hard to avoid, but there was a sense of loss of that parenting authority over his education that just changed. My conversations changed because he had all these conversations at school. And at home, he was pretty much not... I couldn't know all that. I just couldn't yeah. possibly know him as intimately and without getting say, home and debriefing everything yeah. all day, which isn't practical. I mean, they're just yeah. some, this is a unique opportunity to know one another. That's to, so good. And it's not to say that public high school isn't a great option for no. many. The, the underlying point, though, is to take ownership of your family, your schedule, your faith, mm-hmm. your prayer life, your relationship with Jesus, your family relationships, if they're not yeah. close, take ownership of those. Live in the present. It's you, so much better. Yeah, your children are your, they're, they're our children. Right. They need, should they should look to us as, I don't, I don't know how to say it, their people. Right. We should be their people. Right. And then when they go to school, they can weigh things out according to the solid understanding of their identity that they receive at home. So I pray that this time is a time we as families come into a solid identity with God of who are we so that when they go back out there again, they just broadcast something different that the world can see. Yep. Well, this was, uh, this was a joy to me to do a podcast with my wife. I enjoy working with her. And so hopefully this, um, brought some insight to you on how to live in the present, not living in the past, not living in the future, but being able to, in whatever season you're in, to see God move in the present and follow him. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope to hear you and see you soon. 